Okay, hi, Pam. Uh, before we go to Pam, I just wanted to make a statement about um, security. One of the security things that we are going to do is, given the money, the $3.5 million from the state, we are going to rewrite our, um, our uh, memorandum. memorandum of agreement between us and uh, Robbinsville Township to take half of the cost of the SROs to the mm -hmm. school mm -hmm. and split it with the town. As we do, as we have done for the second and third SRO, as we have done with the first SRO, so that's uh, just something that mm -hmm. we're going to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, and and Pam is here tonight. She's going to give us the annual update of the Robbinsville Extended Day Program. So thank you, Pam. Normally I spin around. <laughs> <laughs> this evening I'm going to try standing here. Okay. Okay. Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Pamela Alley. Good point. I'm the director of Robbinsville Extended Day, otherwise known as the Red Program. And if you're new to these board meetings, this is a little tradition that we like to do is just to check in with the school board every summer and, and the community and just give you a little update on what's going on. And it's also a sign of respect to our school board and Dr. Foster and Ms. Brooks for the support that they unconditionally show our program throughout the year. So thank you for that. So to date, Red now employs over 30 part-time people, and that does not include 1099 contractors, so we've really grown. And these instructors receive 10 to 20 hours of professional development training every year. The baseline of their training, of course, is CPR, AED, first aid. We always have an EpiPen and glucagon delegate on staff at all times. Uh, this past year, we received our second intensive handle with care training uh, as a partnership with our own student services department. If you don't know what handle with care is, that is passive restraint techniques appropriate for school settings. That's important for our staff to know because uh, to date we are seeing more children uh, with special needs and or behavioral challenges and we need to be trained accordingly to best suit their needs. And I'm proud to say that 100% of them succeed with us, uh, especially on a social level. Uh, that's something that we're really proud of. Uh, in August, Red will be partnering with the West Windsor Township Health Department to get our kids moving. Together, we'll be rolling out the National CATCH program as part of our extended day curriculum. This stands for Coordinated Approach to Child Health. We will implement an age-appropriate physical activity program for grades K to 8. We have purchased curriculum kits and our West Windsor Health Educator, Tiffany Neal, will personally train our staff, and she's gonna check on us quarterly with our progress. In addition to the physical activity, we're going to have nutrition classes and some hands-on healthy snack activities. In September, there will be three after-school promotions on staff, as well as five new instructors joining our team one of which has a master's degree in child psychology, two of which are, and I love saying this, the mm -hmm. first red graduates 
watching Estorado grow from the painfully shy high school student with no facial hair <laughs> to oh. a fine gentleman with facial hair um, <laughs> who can firmly and respectfully quiet a room of 200 elementary mm -hmm. students and go from crowd control to a meaningful education experience. And that's what I like to think sets Red apart from other programs, <coughs> that we're not just corralling children, we're doing so much more than that on a daily basis. Uh, Eduardo has gone from volunteer to aid to instructor to assistant site coordinator, and now in September he will be site coordinator of grades two to four at Sharon. So at this point, I'd like to give the floor to him to say a few words to all of you. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> so I just want to thank Pam for his introduction. Um, it is hard to believe that nearly six years ago is when I started volunteering at Red. And since then, I've been able to work at Pond and both sites at Sharon, so it's been a positive experience. During all those times, there's been many changes from new students to new staff members and new locations for me, but a lot of things have stayed similar. One of the two main things that have uh, have been for the children who enjoy their time at Red. Uh, each child comes in and they're happy with us, and each staff member really does put in the work needed for the children to continue to stay as happy as they are now. There are a couple main events that some people here may have noticed. Uh, we have an annual talent show. And usually when the parent gets there, they see all the decorations that we made. They see their performances and they hear the speeches the kids give, but um, there's a lot of behind the scenes that goes on there. Uh, we spend hours planning and prepping the event. A lot of our staff members take their own time to make the decorations. We come in early, we decorate. We practice hours and hours for weeks with each child, hoping that they gain the confidence to go up there and perform for everybody. And I think it's a really good showing. I know I see some parents here, so. I know they've seen it, so you can back me up. Uh, now, like I said, this is one of our biggest events, but honestly, the kids enjoy just the average day of it. Uh, typically now, we just, we make crafts, we play games. Every Friday, we make desserts with the kids. And out of our whole group, we have more than half of the kids participating in all those activities. Mm. So they really do enjoy it. And, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> we really do believe that Red is a very safe and fun environment for all our children. Uh, it's the first thing they see when they come to the school day. It's a good way to start the day, and it's a very good way to unwind after the school day ends. There's actually one funny story that I did remember for this presentation about one of our kids. Uh, he started last year, and he was one of the flex pass kids who only came some days. And at some point, he realized that he needed a note from his parents to attend Red, and he took it upon himself to write his own note. Initiative. <laughs> it was clear that he wrote the note himself. Uh, that's just how much he liked Red, that he wanted to go on his own. So I just love that. It's a story that I always want to remember. Uh, but as much as our program does impact the kids, I definitely would say it has an impact in my own life. Uh, I started college around the same time I started Red. I did business administration and marketing for two years, and then it just didn't seem like the right fit for me. So I took a year off, kind of just to reflect. And during that time, I just thought about all the years I spent at the school, all the hours I spent talking to parents, working with teachers, just trying to better myself, better understand the students, and so I could help them better. And I finally came to the conclusion that I did want to change paths, I wanted a new experience, and I chose to change my major to 
want to say thank you to Pam <laughs> for everything she's done for the program, everything she's done for me, and thank you to everyone here who supported our program. So, thank you. Thank you both for that uh, presentation. I just have to tell you, my son is um, at the uh, Robbinsville Recreation Camp this summer, and he met one of your um, part-time workers, and he's been helping him with, he's in the same classroom with him, and he said he has such a great command of the kids from working at Red. So I thought from a teenager, that was a high compliment to another <laughs> teenager, um, and that's because of you, so thanks, Pam. Thank you. Thank Okay, so the first thing on my report, um, we um, uh, had a board retreat, I believe it was July 12th, uh, and that's when um, I set my goals for the year and the board sets their goals for the year. Um, my goals are consistently around uh, five overarching um, themes. Um, obviously, the first and foremost, we are a school district, we're a learning organization, so academic, um, uh, financial, um, facilities and management, security, uh, communication, and uh, collaboration uh, with, the, with the community, and of course, um, building culture. So um, I'm just going to highlight a few of them. I'm not going to go over them. They are posted. Um, thank you. Uh, I thought it was a really healthy evening. Uh, we did have one member of the public attend, um, uh, which we do appreciate to, uh, to witness this process because there's a lot of dialogue and um, discussion around uh, uh, and trying to value uh, what we find are important. Um, I'm going to continue um, with the Robbinsville Ready um, skills. Um, I know you kind of have a story that's yeah. connected to that, and I'll let you talk about it in a minute, but this is really our fifth year because our first year we considered research. We did a lot of research um, external uh, as well as focus groups, alumni surveys, and so on. So we're now going uh, where we're really embedding it into the instructional day in the program. And um, it's really about those life skills that uh, we want students to leave with. Uh, which would be, you know, innovative thinker, um, collaborator, uh, emotional intelligent. Um, that's where you find the balance and actually, you know, take time off. Um, you know, all of those pieces are so important um, uh, and, and be inquisitive uh, in our world, critical thinkers. Um, so I, I don't know if you wanted to just share yeah, your sort of anecdote, which yeah, is kind so of fun. I, I got to spend uh, last week in West Virginia building homes with 40 kids, um, and 38 of whom were our high school um, students. And I saw Robbinsville Ready skills in action. <laughs> so I definitely saw innovation when they were stuck. Um, we, we, were, we were taking off, uh, we thought we were doing minor <laughs> changes to a deck on the back of the house, but we found major problems. And instead of the adults telling the kids what to do, we let them think about it and really debate it. And their uh, critical thinking skills are really good. Their innovation, the way they thought about, uh, there was some damaged um, boards around the top of the house, and they thought, well, let's use the boards from the front of the house to the back of the house. So they were reusing things. And, 
Um, I also saw incredible uh, collaboration, kids moving from one sub-team to another, um, uh, which was great. And, and I, I think most of all, I saw emotional intelligence. Mm. To take a group of Robbinsville kids down to West Virginia, it is very impoverished, and yet the people are incredibly happy and, and elated, even though they don't have the same things that our kids have. Mm. And that was eye-opening for many of them. Um, and to spend a week without social media, uh, <laughs> that was eye-opening for them. To watch them have conversations with one mm. another, to watch them, every day they had to write notes to one another, write really empathetic notes um, to one another. Uh, I just saw it in action, mm -hmm. and I that, wanted to tell Kathy we should be really yes. proud. So um, our work continues, and um, you know we're, uh, it's, it's great to, to witness that. Um, uh, just a couple other highlights. We know how important security is. Uh, it continues to be a hot, um, a, a really at the top of our list. Um, and we know that, again, you know, I've said this many times, that security means many things. Yes, it means the infrastructure. And so we are going to strengthen and fortify our infrastructure, uh, both technology and building-wise. However, we also know it's really about the uh, people inside who pay attention and care for one another. Um, so by expanding some of the people that we hire, which are guidance counselors, uh, you know, and different um, social emotional programs, uh, we'll be able to really um, watch out and care. And we're also thrilled to have uh, a school resource officer in each of our buildings now um, that will uh, greet kids in the morning, who will greet kids in the morning uh, on their schedule. Um, you know, uh, develop those really solid and abiding relationships uh, with those students, become active in the life of the school, and then obviously help them uh, with dismissal. So we're really grateful for that as well. So that's going to be a key priority. And always, it's about training. It's about understanding, paying attention, but also pra um, practices that are in place. Just as we now um, know when a fire drill, you know, we're kind of uh, mindlessly, in a sense, you know, we, we pract over practice and we know exactly what to do. We also want to do that with our security drills as well. And that takes the village, so it does, you know, it includes obviously our teachers uh, and our students, but also our support staff as well, cafeteria workers, you know, we're including bus drivers, um, custodians as well. So that's another uh, area of focus. And then I, the only other one I want to highlight, and again, you can read all of these and we'll continue to work on them and report on them, is I'd like to um, really talk about um, the new program it's uh, in promoting healthy school culture. Uh, we, we know that we've identified some students with social emotional needs and we are finding more and more students who have um, school anxiety and school phobia and uh, so we know that we need to provide that support in order for them then to focus on their academics. So we are working with Effective School Solution uh, to create um, a tier three behavioral program. It's a wraparound program that will be within the high school and that will um, provide some, it'll be a class, so it's not that students are staying there the whole day, but it will be a class in teaching some resilience skills, some social skills, and provide also some social work um, support and counseling, as well as some family uh, support, home visits, and so on 
for those struggling students so that they can be successful in school. So that's the other one that I'm highlighting. Oh, just one more, I'm sorry. Just one more, I promise. Um, I, I did, because I've talked about this quite a bit. Um, we, I am <clears throat> starting a strategic planning process. Um, I know that people, some people in the audience, I've already kind of asked to serve uh, on this, and we just feel like this is the right time to really talk about where are we and who are we in Robbinsville at this moment, and where and who do we want to be in the future. And so I appreciate, you know, and I'll seek all of your help as we go through that process. Great. So that, those are my uh, goals. Um, the other thing that we want to highlight is uh, two times a year we talk about the annual harassment, intimidation, and bullying report. So I give some statistics first, and then <clears throat> I'll also talk about ways that we promote an inclus inclusive and safe culture. So for the uh, reporting period, and, and um, I do want to clarify a couple things because everyone, um, it's confusing the definition of what is bullying. Um, so um, there are very specific definition. We do have it posted on the website. But what separates bullying from conflict, because we still have a lot of conflict in schools between students, uh, is that there are some distinguishing characteristics uh, that usually uh, there's privilege and power, there might be ethnicity, uh, gender identification, so there would be some characteristic that separates the power structure of individuals and that creates the bullying or harassment. Um, so just so you know, um, the, for the reporting period from January to June, um, we had uh, eight reported instances of bullying. That does not mean that there were eight uh, discipline issues uh, in our school districts. I'd love to say that, but it's, um, we know that there are ongoing daily um, occurrences of conflicts between students, but these um, have, uh, where people have identified um, that this might be um, certain distinguishing characteristics. Out of those eight, um, there were six founded by the definition, by the State Department definition, and two unfounded. So we do have to report that. Um, some of the things that um, we talk about is we know in our K-8 to level, we've got uh, responsive classroom and developmental design every day, and that really sets the tone and builds that school community sense of belonging and positive relationships. We also know they take part in different things. We have school safety teams at each building uh, where um, they have, you know, kindness week and it's cool to care week. Uh, really just, again, um, to talk about uh, paying attention and caring for one another. Um, there's also lessons in being an upstander. Uh, similar to when we talk about security and being able to, to report, know, and report and care for each other, we also want to do that as we take care of each other and be an upstander for each other and support. Um, the high school um, has been working now. They're in their fourth year for positive education initiative, and those lessons really um, focus on peer relationships, uh, wellness, uh, building community, um, and this year, as a matter of fact, and I know everyone loves <laughs> summer reading, um, but this year the entire high school um, is reading uh, a book together, uh, and that will be a kickoff. It's Who Moved My Cheese? I don't know. I'm sure people have read that before. Um, and it will be a kickoff to really talk about um, resilience and change um, throughout the year. So they use that as sort of the, the, the jumping, jump, jumping point for, uh, for the year's activities. So that's uh, the report for that. 
I also have to talk about, it's July, uh, internet safety um, policy and regulations. Just a reminder, we know that we have acceptable use uh, for computer networks, computers, and other resources uh, for both students and staff, and that they do have to um, you know, sign an agreement um, that they agree to follow the expectations of the district, um, adhere to uh, internet safety protection. Uh, and so that no one else gains access. So those um, are up on the agenda as well. And last but not least, uh, we continue to track enrollment by month. Um, if you do look, it, it's now official. Um, the high school um, now has um, the most students uh, in our district, so you can see the shift. And um, that the eighth grade students, which were uh, over 300 students, moved to the high school, and so we're noticing that shift. But uh, each building has, you know, a little over a thousand. So we're trending. You, you know, we have 3,135 students in our district, and we are still um, receiving, you know, uh, registrations uh, weekly. Uh, central registration um, is busy. So um, that is my report. Thank you very mm -hmm. much. Any, any, any questions? Discussion, discussion from the board members? Okay. So, Ms. Brooks? Um, good evening. I just wanted to um, mention a couple things, a highlight. Um, we're finalizing our reporting for the June 30th, 2018 year end financial statements, um, and they will be ready for the auditor who will begin their field work on August 13th. Um, so a lot of effort went into that, and the board will see um, a draft report in the um, August agenda for June. Um, we were waiting on some um, state aid uh, additional monies the state gives at the end of the year for um, reimbursements. So we just got those two days ago. So we've been holding off to be, we have to book them. So we're holding off the financials until we can get our final numbers. Um, I just wanted to remind the board that um, I sent out, um, I guess Fran McKenna sent out this, the um, training schedule on what has to happen this year. Um, everybody's registered online, and if you want to take a course, you, you can let us know. We'll register you, or if you want to go down and take it at school boards. But if you didn't get the email, just let me know, and we'll forward that out again. If you, were, if you didn't need, I think it was only five people who needed training. Craig, you were not one of them, because I saw you luck. Um, I think Craig, Lisa, Jane, and Tom um, do not need or completed the training. Um, and I also wanted, to, I sent you a reminder for the um, annual October school board convention, they do have their agenda out. So if you want to take a look at it, let us know, you know, let me or Fran know if you, you know, want to go, if you're, if you're staying over or what your plans are so we can, um, guide you and had to complete a form for a reimbursement for, for any hotel, if that's the case. Um, I just also, some good news, um, during FFT, um, we discussed for the, I don't know how many times, the RHS front entrance security project, um, and it has been hashed out and, and FFT is recommending to move forward with the project. We requested um, three, three quotes because it is under the bid threshold. And the lowest quote you'll see tonight is going to be awarded to Shorelands Construction. Um, and then we are going to use um, uh, funding for, for maintenance reserve to fund that project. Um, 
it has to be a standalone project so um, just so everybody knows we had talked about whether it could be mm -hmm. a change order to our existing pro project but it is not allowed so we are going to move forward as a separate project um, any additional needs that may be uh, met we are going to do as individual little projects so the um, main component of the project will be when you walk through the left side of the entrance where the brick is, we are going to open that up and make that a pass-through transaction window um, so that um, IDs and everything can be checked before you even walk into the building. So that's really the, the bulk of the project. Um, I also wanted to mention that we FFT scheduled um, our annual building walkthrough for August 30th at 9, 9 a.m. I am going to send out an email to the FFT committee just so you know to see if you want to combine um, our regular FFT meeting with the walkthrough, try and do it on the same day, back to back, since everybody would be available. So I don't know what days we'll look at, but I'll shoot an email mm -hmm. out and if you can respond back to me and let me know what days, if you're, if you're receptive to that. I just yeah. thought if we do it all in one day, it might be um, a good time saver for the group. Um, that's really what I have to report. Thank you. So, yeah. Can we ask, can we, um, what did the final surplus look like? You said you closed the books, but you didn't know what was the surplus. Right. Well, I didn't actually. The reports are being printed tomorrow. Okay. Um, the audited excess is done by the auditor, but if you'd like a preliminary number, I can calculate it in advance and send it out through a weekly update. But um, we were able to save a nice chunk of money. Um, and we had the board resolution for for capital and or maintenance reserve, depending on the amount. Um, I have a projection, but I'd rather give you a good number. So if you can wait till uh, the Friday update, I can provide that to the whole board. But it's a preliminary. The auditor does it. There's a lot. There's some adjustments that go into that, and what you can back out, and and how it's calculated. There's a true surplus number, and then there's the one that the state says you're allowed to maintain, and it, you can take out some unbudgeted items that you got at the end of the year um, so there's some adjustments that I have to make but I can calculate that and give it to you and then that balance will go into the reserve so let me make a note any other questions when do you think the transaction window will be done well there's I think it's they said it was a four to mm -hmm. six week time frame to order the product so, so no unfortunately it won't but we'll be able to work around um, the school schedule and um, cordon off areas if need be, but try and do it also during breaks if we can. It's a two-day win. Yeah. So we're going to work around. I'll give you an update on a schedule, um, but I don't have that yet. We haven't even gotten to that phase of the planning of the project until we have our first kickoff meeting. Um, but it will not be ready for school open just because of the lead time needed. But still, sometime in the first quarter. Yes. It. Yes. We're moving forward to award tonight. Go to contract, and it's the same vendor that's actually doing the um, media, media center conversion. Oh, okay. So they will be on site anyway. I think they might be able to start the work, but you can't really open the 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 wall until you have the, the product right. in. <laughs> so um, that would really hurt. The, that would really defeat the purpose of security. Correct. So. Um, once we once we award, I can call them tomorrow. Say you know you know put through the order. Let's see how long it would take. We just also want to clarify with the principal that we are ordering the right product. There was some changes whether you want it heated, not heated. It with the size of the door in the drawer. So we want to make sure that's all clear too before we put that order in. Okay.
the, the project shouldn't take long. It's the, it's the lead time for ordering the material. Yeah. So I can give the board an update <coughs> after we meet and come through with the time frame. Any other questions for Beth? That's a good question. Okay, let's move to committee reports. Ms. D? Hi, good evening. Yes, we um, had a virtual meeting on Tuesday, July 10th, and there were no first reading policies. We had second reading policies of equal employment and anti-discrimination practices, use of physical restraint and seclusion techniques for students with disabilities, and student suicide prevention, and the last was reporting potentially missing or abused children. And there was discussion at our last board meeting about public participation at board meetings, so each committee um, agreed that they would go back collectively and, and, and collect their thoughts about that policy. So we're still in the process of doing that at all uh, committee meetings at the committee level. Um, also, at the last board meeting, there was a lot of uh, talk about the Conroe Middle School schedule, and parents con shared concerns about the music and cycle schedule. Um, the, the team at Pond has a solution to the problem. Um, and they will be communicating that with the parents soon. But essentially, it went. Oh, it went out yesterday. No, today. Oh, good. It was just okay. late this afternoon. Okay. Essentially, in the past, band and choir students missed art and music cycles. They will still miss these cycles because of the elective choice, but will have technology and computer cycles. They will have computers twice throughout fifth through eighth grade, and then to technology twice throughout fifth through eighth grade. Um, they'll also have once a week small group lessons, a once a week whole group lesson for band require during win, which leaves uh, three times a week for regular band. Um, and there's only so much time during the day, so we think this is a great proposal to please both uh, the students who have band required who still want to participate in technology and computer cycles. And there was also uh, a change, uh, a slight change to the high school bell schedule, and because students are no longer allowed to carry their backpacks during the day. Uh, they will now have a five minute passing time to give more students time to go to the lockers between classes. And that uh, schedule was posted online and it was also sent out to all the high school parents. And um, Craig brought up um, having uh, self-defense training at the high school and he spoke to Dusty Everson about the possibility of him coming to schools for a day or two to teach basic self-defense, and he said that he would be happy to help in any way, and Kim um, will speak to the high school about this possibility. And our next meeting is Thursday, August 16th at 6 p.m. Any questions for the purpose? So, personnel, I'll do. <laughs> um, our personal uh, meeting was on July 17th at 6 p.m. and attendance was uh, uh, Ms. D, Mr. Vice, Mr. Vito, uh, Ms. Brooks, <coughs> and uh, Mr. Young for the first item only. Um, and of course, Dr. Foster. Um, we uh, reviewed the new job descriptions for facilities. So the committee members reviewed two job descriptions, one for the director of buildings and grounds and one for the manager of facility and custodial services. The director's uh, job description will focus more on the strategic planning of facilities with an emphasis on security, fire and safety, and environmental law. And the manager of facilities will be directly oversee the board employed and the custodial contracted services. Um, and the revised descriptions are on our agenda for this evening. Um, 
we also reviewed the regular personnel agenda for July. Um, it was pretty busy. Uh, it included resignations, recommendations for hire, um, uh, coaches, team leaders, and advisors. The resignations included the English teacher at Pond who was moving to the, who was supposed to be moving to the high school, um, the, uh, an RHS school nurse, and the technology teacher. Um, so uh, the, ra the reasons for those, some of these resignations, we, we asked about the resignations and Kathy shared with us. Some of them are people who either their commute is very long or, and they were able to get jobs much closer to their homes or their, um, or their spouse was moving, relocating. So um, we were just trying to track if these are also uh, resignations that are related to salary and they were not in this case. Um, uh, in addition, we're thrilled to see some alumni returning to volunteer for athletics and extracurricular activities. Zach uh, Sira is returning to work with the marching band, and Jessica Allen will uh, work with the RHS field hockey team. So that's always fun to see mm -hmm. our alumni come back and give their time to um, fellow students. Um, we also discussed the potential of new hires with the additional school aid. We uh, discussed um, some new positions like a K through eight guidance counselor, an additional Spanish and technology teacher at the high school to reduce the course loads, um, uh, potential for an assistant principal at the high school, and a six through 12 curriculum and instruction supervisor, as well as the secretary and the manager facility that we just talked about. Our next meeting is August 21st um, at 6 p.m. So, um, Mr. Hom, can you redefine uh, FFT minutes? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, FFT met on July 25th. In attendance was uh, myself, Mr. Galuccio, Mr. Young, um, Mr. Vice, who was filling in uh, for Ms. Luciano, um, Dr. Foster, Ms. Brooks, and uh, Ms. Keener. Uh, we started the evening with a presentation from Ron Witt on behalf of the uh, Robbinsville Education Foundation considering donations for two projects at these schools. Mr. Witt discussed the um, REF planning to support uh, a large-scale fix of the Outdoor Learning Center courtyard at Sharon School. This is the courtyard when you would walk into the school, which would be to the left of the cafeteria. Anybody who's seen that horrible <laughs> courtyard knows that it's been in dire need of work for years. Um, for the first project, drawings had been prepared with district consultation, and REF will contract for the work and donate the project to the district when complete. The district will follow up on updates to air conditioning panels that are in the courtyard. Um, this is a large scale um, <laughs> and much needed improvement, and uh, obviously the, the FMT committee was very excited to see the plans um, and see some work being done there for a project that uh, simply the district could not afford to do. Uh, for the second project, REF will work with the athletic director and the RHS principal. Uh, district will purchase a scoreboard for the uh, softball field, and REF will pay for the installation. Um, F FFT thanked REF for their generous donations. Um, Mr. Witt left, and then we had a second guest, which was Joan Hogan from ACB Services. Uh, concerning contract and cleanliness concerns, ACB is now the name for all clean. Uh, 
uh, which used to be and is still currently on a month-to-month -month basis our custodial contract. Uh, Ms. Hogan spoke about the concerns of custodian contract to the district and discussed changes that have occurred over the past several months. ABC has been operating on a month-to-month -month basis beginning July and hopes the board will recognize the changes made in oversight and that the board will consider renewing the annual contract. FFT appreciated the feedback but expected the owner of ACB to attend the meeting as opposed to Ms. Hogan. And FFT also felt that the changes in oversight should have been addressed, should have been addressed much sooner. Um, finance portion of our evening, we talked about the award and submission of ESSA on June 27, 2018 and IDEA on July 13, 2018 as follows. The is it ESA? Is that the, uh, the way they say it? It's the old NCLB. Yeah. ESA Title I grant. Is it a grant? Yes. It's federal. These, these are both federal grants. $920. ESA Title IIA, $31,711. ESA Title III, IMM, $7,253. ESA Title IV, $10,000. IDA, IDEA Basic, $544,104, and IDEA Preschool, $26,202. We also talked contract renewals for Honeywell. This is the contract for the HVAC controls and maintenance services at Sharon Elementary School and Pond Road Middle School. Uh, we had an update regarding the health benefits difference card. Ms. Brooks provided FFT with an update uh, indicating that the difference card company employees were on site six times over the first three weeks of July to answer employee questions. A meeting with the union representative to resolve issues and concerns will take place the next day. Aetna had to reissue health cards to approximately 50 employees due to an error or a glitch in their system. Um, we had an update on the custodial contract. Ms. Brooks provided an update for the contract for the 2018-19 school year. One company provided a proposal for off-state off contract the other day. The company has concerns costing out the numerous extra activities and events that take place throughout the year. Ms. Brooks stated that she received a proposal from a company to develop bid specs for contracting custodial services. Per the vendor, it will be a three-month process with an estimated January 1st completion and start date. Other options is to procure off-state contract and or extend the current contract. Mr. Ms. Brooks and Ms. Keener will continue to review, get further information and clarification, and contract referrals for the state contract proposal. Uh, we talked about scheduling the building walkthrough in August, which we scheduled for August 30th at 9 a.m. We still haven't decided which school we'll start at. Um, we try to mix that up every year since by the time we're done with the walkthrough, the last school gets a little bit of a short shrift. Everyone is exhausted. Um, billboard. The never-ending billboard, I think this is 10 years now. Uh, the board attorney recommended the use of an engineer to determine the feasibility of expanding and or moving the current billboard structure and utilities, as well as moving forward with completing and submitting a permit to NJDOT. The cost of the services was approximately $2,000, plus additional costs to attend meetings if necessary. FFT recommended moving forward with this agreement. Basically, the concept was uh, there may be issues in getting the approvals necessary to change the zoning for the current location where the billboard is located. And as you'll remember, the billboard is a bit of contention between the district and the county of Mercer 
as to who actually owns the billboard over a disputed easement from the 1960s, um, which was not recorded and therefore not effective. Um, <laughs> this concept would be to actually move the billboard back onto Sharon's school property so it would be clearly in our property and not in the disputed piece of property and therefore uh, easier for us to control the process. Um, obviously, FFT felt like we've been kicking this thing around forever. The $2,000 expense to see engineering-wise seemed like a wise investment to see if this can be moved forward. Uh, transportation, uh, the report from uh, Ms. Freeman was distributed. Uh, we reviewed the report, there were no questions. FFT did discuss comments received from the public at the prior board meeting. The public stated that once the district had additional funding, the board should review and consider offering courtesy busing to the town center development. FFT received an update on the potential cost, which would require us to do six double tier buses at an estimated cost of $354,000 uh, for the year. Um, that's where we are at this point. I think it's a really a firm, full board discussion on that item. Facilities, RHS Media Center project update. Ms. Keener updated FFT on the RHS Media Center project. Everything is running smoothly, and the project will be completed on time with the exception of the second floor movable partition wall that had a large lead time. Large lead time. Ms. Avery is making adjustments to scheduling in anticipation, in anticipation of this delay. Uh, the next construction meeting is Thursday, August 2nd. RHS retention vestibule, this is the piece that Ms. Brooks already talked about. Um, FFT uh, suggested going forward with Shoreland construction at the $25,348 number. Pond Road addressable devices, this is a $38,500 expense. Ms. Keener explained that it's the intention to continue with the Pond Road Middle School fire panel and the replacement of fire safety devices to addressable units as a part of a multi-phase plan. Um, this is part of what causes Pond Road Middle School to have repeated uh, false alarms during the year, and the hope is that by continuing to phase in the fix of the devices, we may have less of these. Of them. Correct, the replacement of, of the 22-year-old the 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 year year devices device. that seem to be malfunctioning. Um, RHS rear entry design, there were three options concerning concrete and bollard work. Ms. Keener reviewed the three design options and costs for the RHS rear entry drainage remediation, concrete removal and replacement, bollard installation and curb repairs as received from Spiesel Architecture Group. FFT is looking to move forward with the project with further research on bollard type and ratings. FFT has asked that the attorney review the, the Pond Road Middle School bollards with respect to warranty and the district's ability to seek claims due to the failure of seals for illumination function and breakage. Ms. Brooks will follow up with the township to pursue options regarding the concrete work. Um, and if anyone has seen the Pond Road Middle School bollards, uh, there are, they are in some cases broken and potentially hazardous. So we need to deal with those sooner <coughs> rather than later. Facility use 2017-18 summary and the 2018-19 look ahead was our next item. Ms. Keener stated that $201,000 was generated in facility use revenue for 17-18. In August, FFT will discuss the 2018-19 look ahead. There was no old business, um, and under new business, FFT discussed the complaint filed regarding a security breach. 
Ms. Keener will review the security cameras and preserve any related tapes so that we can see how that exactly occurred. Um, we adjourned at 9.03 p.m. Our meeting tentatively right now is scheduled for August 22nd, unless we decide to move it um, in, in concert with our walking. Any questions? I do have a question. Absolutely. But it's not for you, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> it's for uh, whomever can answer this. So can somebody say a little bit more about ESSA and IDEA? What are they, and then what are, what is the funding used for? That's great. So um, there are a lot of parameters, like or, or limitations, I guess, with the funding that it's used for. So Title One funds are meant to serve um, uh, low socioeconomic status students. So a lot of times it goes to um, we like kind of review list, and it goes to like our um, academic support programming, and like how are how are we trying to close that gap between students who might have that summer slide or not getting the support they need? So that might go to our Jumpstart program or academic support instructional materials towards the salaries of the academic support teachers, et cetera. Title II is for professional development for teachers. Great. So that $30,000 helps supplement our programming and helps us get different initiatives. So say that the science standards have changed. So we might not have that budgeted in our budget, and you know how small our budget yeah. is on certain things. Then we can use that money to kind of keep abreast Great. on certain things. Um, Title III immigrant. Um, we never received Title III funds mm -hmm. until the past two years. Um, because of our growing um, English language learner population. So that money must be spent directly to impact those students. Um, so it could be toward um, materials for the classroom, curriculum, um, different programs that we do for them. And then Title IV, um, once again, we did not receive until the past two years, is for social emotional learning. I mean, there, there's four different categories under Title IV, but that's what we're using it for. It could be uh, for drug awareness, it could be for school like safety. Um, so we use it to um, fund positive education initiatives at the high school. Um, we did it for Campfire last year. Um, and we're doing it for social emotional learning training through the county this year. So Robbinsville has joined with uh, West Windsor, Hamilton, other uh, local districts um, to join this consortium that we received a grant from the state um, or not from the state, from a hedge fund. A hedge fund, yeah, pure edge. Mm -hmm. uh, through West Windsor that said that they really care about our students' well-being, not just their physical or academic well-being, but their emotional and social well-being. Um, so how do we train teachers? Because unfortunately, you know, we're academic-minded, you know, but we're trying to see a whole child. So um, we are sending three building teams, one from each school building, to be trained this summer on um, how to create a, a positive climate and learn more about kids than just what's in front of you and what they're getting on their math assessment. Um, so that's how we're using Title IV funds. IDEA, I can speak a little bit to this, but I'm sure Beth can speak more to it, is about um, special education funding. Okay. And a lot of it's reimbursement. Well, that's extraordinary aid, too. Yeah. So basically, we get these grants every year. One is um, ESA, which was the old NCLB, um, which was the old, I forget, uh, Anyway, it changed Before names. That, yeah. Elementary, <laughs> secondary, active. It changed its name many times, but it's federal money, and as, as Kim too said, it must be used for specific purposes, and it's usually above and beyond what you would budget in your, uh, what we would normally budget, it has to be above. Mm -hmm. um, the IDA is also a federal special ed initiative. You're allowed to use it. We use m the bulk of it for added district tuition. Um, and again, these are both recurring every year. We just never know what we're going to get, how much we're going to get. Um, and then at this point, the board has to just accept it and um, accept the grant and accept the submission to the state. And that's really what this is about. Mm -hmm. But 
there's really tight restrictions. So like the, when we are audited or anything yeah. like that, we have to sort of have everything triple checked. Yeah, we have so many folders. So the last thing, Tom, is uh, uh, respectfully, I'm traveling on the 30th, so if we could leave the meeting on the 22nd, I would be greatly appreciative. Because sure. I know I can always do the walkthrough. Yeah, we, we'd actually talked about that, Jane, yeah. where um, if there was somebody who was not available on the 30th, uh, from FFT opening into another board member, so if anybody wants to be on that walkthrough, like let us know. Lisa, I, uh, Scott and I did it last year. It was really helpful as new board members to just see the guts behind the scenes of the schools. And then the other piece, of course, is um, for other board members, if anybody has interest, uh, the, although we can't have more than four people on the official walkthrough, the administration has been great about letting other board members go through an unofficial walkthrough. Yeah. Um, where they get to see the same exact thing that we're seeing. So um, if you have an interest in that and you're not on the FFT committee um, with swap with Lisa for Jane, uh, please feel free to reach out to the administration and they'll make sure that they can schedule a time. It would be obviously easier if we can get the remaining board members to go at the same time on one, right. um, on one day as opposed to having people traipsing around. And we try to push it as far close to school opening as possible so we could see the conditions of the school on opening day as opposed to before you're really kind of in when things are still being moved around um, but we can't go so close because we actually talked about doing it in mm -hmm. the beginning of September that we interfere with uh, orientation and uh, the first couple of days of school entry so because of the way that uh, Labor Day falls yeah we're just kind of in a weird spot okay. I have a question yeah um, I'd like a little more um, clarity on the Um, I read the notes and there's a couple things that I'm just not sure, sure. Um, It talked about a three month ramp up or something and then it also talked about January. Why, why, are, why is this dragging out so long? Um, you, it's a big contract. It has to go through bid process. Um, we reached out to a company who does develop the bid process and had done it five, whatever, five years ago. We had two. They did it both times. Unfortunately, they were backlogged at this point and um, weren't able to address it till probably August, September. They now have to write the bid specs, review it, go out to bid, review the bids we get back. They said the beginning to end of the whole process is approximately three months. So if that's if we bid. So then we looked at possibly hiring. Just have for one second. We have two different options right. when it comes that's one. to custodial contracts. We can go through the bid route if we go through the bid route, we have to accept the lowest bid, is that Well, right? we can do a competitive contract, competitive contract, which is similar to a bid, but it has a different, you don't have to take the lowest bid, but you have to have very strict criteria on how you're rating it. Um, and so price is not the only factor, but the other factors count and everything's weighed. And that has to be developed as well before you even go out. So you can do a competitive contract, which allows a five-year contract. Um, so that's probably what we would be looking at. Um, the what other what the alternative was the, is this the, the other the other option is we can always procure off a state contract there's very few in this realm of service that is a state contract we did find one company we reached out to them they had a very long time getting back to us and to be honest I was disappointed in that um, I just finally got a, a verbal proposal last Friday I said it's not acceptable I need more detail I need a transition plan um, I need to check referrals. 
So we met with them again on Tuesday. I got not as much as I wanted. We just got more documents today. I haven't had a time to digest anything. I don't want to propose something without reviewing it and having everything and all our ducks in order and getting the referrals. We called two, company, two school districts that do use them. No one has gotten back to us yet. So I think I need to do my due diligence. So um, it'll probably be in August. So I'm looking at August to make a recommendation at that point, but those are the options we have. Um, is it the procure a state contract? The current vendor is month to month. They agreed to do that. Um, and then um, doing a full-blown competitive contract, which you would get everybody in the pot. Even this company would probably come in. So those are things we've been dealing with in FFT, but unfortunately, like I said, the only way we were able to pursue anything currently was to do month to month until we can either do the competitive mm -hmm. process or procure a state contract. Would we have to allow them to put a bid? I'll be honest, I, I, I just don't want to be You can only... Um, you, you can only um, exclude a vendor, and Joe, do you know this, the law, um, and I forget what the definition is, um, there had to be a gross uh, misconduct, and we had to have documented and pursued it, and I don't know if this would fall into that category, to be honest, but we can look at that. But even having the, the somebody certified for the boiler on staff would be we, we could document and I can work with the board attorney to make sure we put that in, right. in a document. Um, but even if that, that would only be important if we as a board decided to go through the competitive correct. bid process right. as opposed to choosing a vendor off. So you can process. exclude, they can still come in, we just wouldn't accept it based on this okay. criteria. And FFT did indicate to Ms. Hogan, who showed up at the meeting, that FFT's recommendation, of course, for just four of us, would not be to um, do anything more than the month to month that we have now until we transition to a new vendor. I think she was disappointed to hear that that would be FFT's recommendation, but that was really the recommendation that we are not really interested in pursuing a long-term contractual relationship with uh, ACB. But they are kind enough because, you know, you can't procure this kind of contract in a month. Well, I mean, it's been two months since. Correct, but again, the bid, yeah, the big specs are very complicated, and the vendor we used to develop them was not available. Um, one of the reasons was the timing. We're close to the end of the year. He already had his contracts in place for other districts, and the other, there's a big change in food service contract. So he's developing brand new bid specs for that. Um, some districts have to do it in 1819. It's mandatory for all districts in 1920. So he's very big. He does both of those type of services. So um, so he was just said he could not meet our need. And I, I did get a proposal from him for both of the services uh, just last week. So we will be discussing that at FFT when we have a t time to digest. And I, I definitely have to do my due diligence and call referrals mm -hmm. before I can bring anything forward. But, the, but those are our options that we're really working as fast as we're allowed to relying on other people. Yeah, that's all. So, you know, we're hope we're moving there and we're hoping to really firm this up by August. Anybody else? Thank you very much. So can we have uh, Mr. Hellman, can you do community relations? Um, we did not meet in July and we will be meeting on August sixteenth at five PM. Great. I have um, a question. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> Security? Yes, thank you. Good evening. Security team met on Tuesday, June 5th. Those in attendance were Molly Avery, Paul Gizel, Janet Sinkowitz, myself, Jane Luciano, Rich Young, Sharon DeVito, Ed Vincent, Kim Keener, Beth Brooks, and Dr. Foster. We discussed several topics at this meeting, so I'm just going to give you a summary of each topic. The first one was where the principals shared their learnings and future goals. And so, um, Mrs. Avery for the high school brought recommendations provided from the 2014 security audit and recognized that her top concerns are still the same. Those include vulnerability of the main entrance for visitors, additional cameras with motion sensors, and the access road. Some of her goals for next year was to purchase additional radios at $250 per radio, review drop-off and dismissal, review the access road and consider closing it for part of the day, complete construction for the vestibule, require lanyards and student IDs, require lockers, and not allow students to carry backpacks. From Pond, Mr. Gizzo, his biggest concern is the amount of exterior doors in the building which leave the building vulnerable. Six doors are not covered by cameras. Mr. Gizzo would like additional cameras as well. And the current PA system is quite old and needs to be replaced. We quoted that at approximately 20,000, at least not including clocks. I forget why we're talking about clocks. Because they're usually it's integrated. They're integrated um, his goals include purchasing additional radios, assigning and training security captains, pay attention to everyday practices with allowing people indoors, leaving doors open, etc. Mrs. Sinkowitz from Sharon, one of her main issues has been night events that are hosted at Sharon School. Additional supervision is needed to prevent the events from becoming a free-for-all. Inside drills have improved and Sharon is working on shifting the culture so that all staff members see the urgency in creating safe practices. Her goals include creating consistent practices and utilizing more staff and taking on leadership roles with security drills. It was really great to hear from them. Just a little additional color to this topic, you know, getting their perspectives from each of the schools and each school has their own challenges. This was very helpful and insightful and I encourage more of this from our Um, topic two, got a few more. The security vestibule at RAS, RHS, its current status and plan for completion was the topic. After many discussions, and we heard about this earlier with the design, the consensus appears to focus on a bank teller window on the outside wall to check in visitors. Good progress has been made on implementing the security vestibule. More discussion and design updates to come. We heard that. This mm -hmm. is back on you. So. <laughs> but it's worth talking about. Topic three. After school activity, security coverage, hours of coverage needed, cost funding, et cetera. So this is potentially a vulnerable time in all three buildings. Again, this would require hiring more security officers. We could hire retired police officers at approximately twenty to thirty dollars per hour, or use our own township police at a cost of approximately fifty dollars, even greater potentially. We don't really know yet, we're investigating this. Our building hosts events for at least four hours following the dismissal yeah. almost five days. Oh, give you an idea why it is a topic. Okay. Topic number four was improving security communications as followed. Discussing ongoing security actions and plans going forward. We recently did this by hosting a security night for parents on June 21st. We 
discussed an array of security topics. Dr. Foster presented information that can be found on the website, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Sure. Mm -hmm. This was good discussions and commentary from the public, which we captured and have considered and continue to consider at our next security meeting. I just want to say that was an excellent meeting from many perspectives, and we had some professionals in the audience as well. Mm -hmm. We also discussed backpack usage at June 21st meeting. We plan and will continue um, to collaborate and um, have ongoing conversations and communication regarding security with everybody. Topic five, discuss the process to ensure doors are locked at Sharon, Pond, and RHS. We ask the following questions. Do we have a system slash panel that can tell us the door is open? No, not at this time, but there are alarms that can be used to signal the door is open. Is there a security camera at every door, entrance, exit? The main door is yes, but not on every side door. Topic six, more to discuss on that security. People, a meeting will be covering some of that area, that, that, that topic. The topic six, discuss dropping off things for students. Do we know what the contents are? Do we or should we check the contents of bag left by parents for students to pick up? Each building has a system for dropping off items, but we are trying to discourage this practice by not allowing the items to even come into the main office. Sharon is trying this out by having parents drop off items in the vestibule. We can monitor this to see if this reduces the amount of items dropped off. RHS has planned to have a cart for the day in the vestibule, and if it is not picked up by the student, it gets thrown away or placed and lost and found. Obviously, you have to bring something in. You bring it in the less traffic, the less activity, the better. That's really what we're saying. Finally, we have decided to initiate another security audit similar to what we did in 2014. This will help us find the optimal path for investing our security funds to maximize the culture, operations, and infrastructure related to security in our school. This is a very important action that we will be following through. It will happen as soon as possible, and we will move forward. Cybersecurity that we discuss at the next security meeting. And um, our next meeting is August 20th at 8 a.m. That's all. Great, thank you. Questions for Tom? So, the blast negotiations and all I will say about that, because I talked about it last time, is that it's on the agenda for tonight to approve the contract. Um, so, we'll go from there. So with that being said, it's time for a hearing of the public. During the hearing of the public, the board invites the public to comment on matters pertaining to Robinson Schools. Each participant is asked to provide his or her name and town of residence prior to making a statement, which shall be limited to three minutes. There will be no cross-dialogue during the hearing of the public. After all members of the public wishing to speak is done, the board and or administrator may address comments and or questions. So who would like to go first?
knowing that you know security was important to me and that I had gathered some parents and things like that, and they just listened. They didn't try to sway me or try to give me ideas or ask me for a plan, nothing like that. They just listened, and I just really appreciate that. Um, you know, it's important. Um, and um, I also want to thank Dr. Foster and Kim Keener for meeting with us and listening too. Um, and also Fran, because she organizes everything and she's so friendly and she's <laughs> happy and uh, it's wonderful. We need that. Um, so while parent and family involvement may be time consuming and even a little frustrating sometimes, it's really essential. So I appreciate everybody that is appreciative of us, you know, of parents being involved and engaged. Engagement is my agenda. I will never be running for anything. I will never, people ask me that all the time, no. Just, I want engagement. Um, and as we see, our kids are even getting engaged. The high school kids are getting engaged. I was at um, ShopRite, I'm adding to my speech now. I was at ShopRite tonight and um, checking out and I had all these folders and the kids like, the guy that's checking me out says, oh, your kids must like green. I said, no, I'm getting them because you know, I eventually want to start a Billy Tree Club and I'm you know, doing this for the high school. He said, what high school do you, are you, you know, do your kids go to? I said, Robinson. He said, I graduated there in 2017. Did you hear about that school board meeting tonight? <laughs> he knew about it. He even wow. had siblings. Like, did Great. you hear about the backpacks? And I'm like, I heard about it. Um, but I was just happy that he was engaged. I mean, that people know, you know. So, um, and you know, you know, listening, empathy, appropriate proactive action is really important. And um, with all that said, I struggled a little bit with the fact that our group, to my knowledge, or, and there may have been focus groups, but that our group wasn't contacted about the new rules at the high school with all the backpacks and um, everything, um, or maybe some feedback. Um, I don't know, maybe we just weren't contacted, but um, I just felt as if, you know, if we were contacted, we could have given some pragmatic feedback on the sensibility of it and the practical, you know, nature of it. Um, the first thing my daughter said was, and she wants no part of, she says all the time, when I'm older, I'm not going to go to school board meetings, and I'm not going to be a PTA like you, and I'm not going to do these things, because she's so, you know, but she, but she, she got fired up, and she says, Mommy, you know, I can't do well, whatever. All right. But anyway, listen, I got to tell you. So she says, it's the main point, and what I've heard from a lot of kids is if, we, if we're going to bring a backpack in, and if we're going to bring, we might as well, let's do all clear or no clear. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make much sense to the kids to be able to bring a regular backpack in, bring whatever in, put it in their locker, and then have to use the clear backpack. Everyone knows. I mean, there's a lot of questions. I, I did reach out to Molly. She told me this was just a temporary, not temporary, but something that they're just trying out. Mm -hmm. I get that. Um, but I just think that like we're better together and I think that it, we don't expect to know anything confidential about security, but I think that you can use us, you know, and you can, we have really good ideas and you know that, I mean, mm -hmm. um, it just would have been nice if we were, if we were contacted or somebody was, you know, like just there was some type of focus group. There may have been, maybe you can answer that later. So. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Others? Yes. Hi, Kevin Grezik, I support Robinsville. Um, I have a few concerns about the physical restraint regulation. Um, I'm going to point out a few things. It seems to be a lot of detail on some of the things I'm concerned about. Um, first one, it, it mentions the uh, Section D interventions. There's a list of strategies in no place does it discuss the child's individual behavior, which would be the initial default in most of these 
Um, under E, the use of physical restraint, there's, there's nothing about a, a minimum or maximum amount of time. Usually a maximum amount of time is like 30 minutes, and minimum is about two. Um, and God forbid it would go for an hour, that's a dangerous situation. Um, a couple times there are mentions of classroom removal. Uh, student is physically restrained <coughs> in the area. That scares me a little. That's a dangerous situation. I mean, you really have to be quite a situation for that to happen, any kind of conversation. Um, and this, uh, in F, seclusion techniques, it's, uh, there's, there's nothing about a notification of parents secluding. I'm sure they would if that would happen. That's probably something that really should be a um, And Ms. Nomi did mention the training for, for the Red Staff. I'm assuming that they get the same training as not in here, but I don't know what else In any case, the Department of Education is supposed to come out with guidelines for all this. That's a recently passed law any day now. I thought it would be out by now. Um, so I'm hoping maybe we could put this off until the regulations for the guidelines do come out. If not, if this could possibly be up for amendment.
and because the material is not here and they are going to work with the material and you guys are going to fix it. Is the security going to be uh, checked when the students are coming in and the people are working at the door and, and all that situation? Isn't, isn't it going to be a lot of uh, traffic coming in and, and going? Isn't it going to be a little bit uh, hectic when the students are starting, you guys are working at the door, people are coming in, people are going, you know, I just don't want um, a problem at the time because problems and at those times the time that um, we have to watch out for is not that every day regular day is those kind of situations that we have to look into and I'm right on time go on I haven't been to the security your address meeting, so your address 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 uh, I live in Robinsville uh, six one flower right? thank you <laughs> I live in Robinson. <laughs> 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 I haven't been to the security meeting, so like you know, I mean, the I have been to other meetings, but not the security one where the parents were involved. Just wanted to uh, like you know, I mean, check which my, some things which might have been sp spoken by other parents about. Uh, I know, like we did address the mental health issues for helping with the safety and the security of the. School, uh, have we also contemplated that was just something like you know I was reading that a late later maybe time of which gives kids like more time to sleep in because yeah. currently the way the school timings are high school kids like you know it's a 7:30 time kids who have to get here they have like my daughter I know wakes up at 6:30 uh, she also does color guard so the days that she is in the like you know if they are performing or doing something, uh, they have come home at 12.30. That has been like, you know I mean? And I know the it's same for robotic kids and some of the other uh, extracurricular stuff kids. So that gives them barely six hours, a team who's not slept enough. And if they're al already having issues, or not issues, but anything that, if you're lacking sleep, anything is going to get magnified. Like that happens with us. It happens with them, a lost, like, you know, a forgotten homework can be a big deal there, something that can set you off. I mean, I don't know if that has been contemplated. I know we are thinking of adding in more uh, <coughs> counselor health, uh, mental health mm -hmm. uh, people and all, but that would be a simple solution. I know it would skew up a lot of parents' <laughs> schedules, <laughs> but um, that was something like, you know, I mean, I had to mention in case it hasn't been, mm -hmm. and something which would be a very simple solution because with like, you know, I mean, having had enough sleep, you tend to take things a bit easier. Like, I know my sense of humor is bad if I'm well <laughs> <best> slept. <laughs> like, I can take things yeah. in my stride. I haven't and I'm drunk. So, I mean, it, it happens with everyone. Teens are riding on hormones. Um, along with that, the back fat thing, like, you know, I mean, I know a lot of lot you guys have thought through it or however for girls and I have a daughter in high school who is anxious about it of clear backpacks and she has like you know given me a list of things that why it won't work and this is not which I'm like I'm hoping the school is actually like you know I mean ready to like kind of revisit it because um, it does it, it causes girls and like you know I mean 
they need a lot more stuff than boys do. Personal hygiene and other stuff. But like you know, it makes them anxious when it's open for public viewing. So there has to be some other or some other help to them. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Vincent Costanza, Union Street, Robbinsville. Uh, let the record show that while the spelling is the same as George Costanza, there is no relation. <laughs> uh, I don't know so about that. <laughs> I said I don't know about that. No, it's actually based on my own. So first, a thank you to Pam as a dad of a seventh grader who's had a child in red for the uh, all of the years. She's fantastic. The program is fantastic. My daughter has grown, and it's helped her to help other children grow as well. And I think that's even even more important. Um, so. This is a school. I have a question about curriculum and programming. Uh, imagine that. Um, and I think also relates to ESSA, Every Student Succeeds Act, Title IIA, um, Title III, Title IV. Um, so um, I'm interested in the $500,000 that's in your wonderful pie chart presented on July 19th. Um, and so some questions about that and some observations on the January 30th pre testing presentation that Dr. Tu presented, I noticed there's 41% of third graders who are not at grade level in English language arts, 23% of fourth graders, 42% uh, of third graders that do not meet grade level math, 28% of fourth graders uh, were the same. Uh, there seems to be a trend. Uh, if you look in middle school, that continues. Uh, fifth graders isn't even the lowest. 32% are not on grade level at ELA. And it's about the same for math. Um, just so we don't chalk it up to a park issue, if you look at 2010 to 2014, um, this issue was persistent as well, about 24 to 28%. There's yearly fluctuations throughout the grade. Um, we're, not, uh, we're not proficient, uh, a different marker at that time. Slightly better for math. Um, so uh, here's the, so Robbinsville received $3.5 million, right? Uh, which is, I think, another way of saying that the district still now uh, only receives 58 to 6% of what is actually owed. Um, so here, here are the two questions. What specific and targeted strategies will be leveraged with the $500,000 to ensure that each and every child in Robbinsville is, has the supports to meet grade level expectations? And I think for the board specifically, what metrics are you going to be looking at to make sure that the supports are there? Uh, I also, I think I wanna close and say, uh, anybody who goes to sleep worrying about other people's children, including my 11-year-old, have a tremendous amount of respect for it, so thank you so much for the work. Mm -hmm. okay. Are those numbers trending better as they get older, or do they take you run, you run off so fast? Well, they're, they're all the Julie Costanza questions. <laughs> 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 there are obviously some differences that we have to talk more in.
let the public know that in addition to the softball scoreboard, which is also well over 10,000, I don't know if we have an exact number on that yet. Seems like a scoreboard installation should be less, but apparently it's not. Uh, we also um, had, at the end of the school year, teachers have an opportunity to apply for mini grants. And it's usually for very cool projects. So something different about how to teach about art or how to um, explore something with science or some kind of um, furniture or, or equipment that might help with innovations in the classroom. So we get them from all grade levels. And we were able to fund uh, $12,670 worth of mini grants. So it's a really great opportunity for us to help the school system by infusing some money. And so uh, public support of our project, we have a golf outing coming up, I'll just say. <laughs> uh, it's almost full anyway, but it, these are ways that we raise money. So if you see things or you see advertisements for the kinds of things we're doing at the Education Foundation, we're completely separate and a nonprofit on the side of the school system. And the, the reason for that is because the school system can't raise money, but a nonprofit can. So the Education Foundation is in a position to be able to raise money and then help support the schools or the principals or the teachers with hopefully innovations and additions to um, what the, the board can provide. So I think we, it's a nice partnership. It's been nice to be able to spend a lot of money <laughs> in the past couple of months, um, and we'll be continuing to raise money. Thank you. Pleasure. Sherry Dorwer, 120, Cromwell Drive. Uh, I have a daughter who will be a junior. Uh, so with regards to the backpacks, um, just some of the things that I've heard from her and her friends and so forth, the impression I'm getting from the students is that as much as they appreciate the idea of security and everything that you guys are doing, they're very confused by what's being proposed. Um, meaning that they understand that they have to that they can bring their backpack into the school, but then it has to stay in their locker. There seems to be a lot of confusion about um, now they're talking about clear bags for gym. So in order for gym clothes, it has to be a clear bag. Um, there is some confusion out there. I think a parent called. I don't know what the exact response was, so I'm not going to say one way or another that they're either not allowed to have pencil cases or they have to mm -hmm. pencil cases have to be clear. Um, they're allowed to have sleeves for their Chromebooks. So they're allowed to carry stuff, they're allowed, girls are allowed to carry around purses as long as it's a certain size. If the issue is weapons, they can fit inside of these things and they can be hidden. Clothes can be rolled around things. These kids are not stupid. If it's drugs, I hate to say it, things can be hidden. So I think the kids are just trying to figure out what, it, what the board's goal is, what the school's goal is, and how they're going to facilitate their everyday lives following the rules that they don't think make a lot of sense. I mean, they've actually said, it sounds like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Can I, I can carry this bag, but I can't carry that bag. This one has to be clear, that one can't be clear. It's August tomorrow, parents need to buy school supplies. Mm -hmm. We need to know what we're allowed to send our kids in with. Um, Kids are asking, especially kids that have been here for the last couple of years, not the freshmen so much because they haven't done it yet, do I even bother with an A-day bag and a B-day bag? Like they're trying to organize their lives knowing that they have a month until it's time for them to come back. 
much as they're on social media and they're doing their things and they're doing summer work and they're going on vacation, these are the things that go through their minds quietly and we keep talking about mental health. This is the stuff that's stressing them out before they're, before they're even here. So I'm speaking as a parent, just saying that the message needs to be clear. If my daughter carries a Chromebook and she has a sleeve for it, which she does, and it has an extra pocket, I'm sitting here having a conversation with her about, well, then you should put your calculator in that pocket. Because, you know, if you're not going to be allowed to carry a pencil case, then carry some pens and pencils in your purse. Like, she's trying to figure out how she's going to maneuver throughout the day. Besides the fact that she does after-school activities, she's one of the ASMs for the shows. So she needs to bring another set of clothes. Um, they t and I don't know because I haven't ever really seen the lockers here. The kids claim the lockers here are smaller than they are at Pond. They're trying to figure out how they're going to fit their stuff in it. Um, and like she used to use a locker in the chorus hallway. Are they even going to be available? Are they being used for like the regular students? So they're just trying to figure out how to make it through the day. So if you guys can just kind of pass that message along to administration and the kids just want to, they want one less thing to be stressed about before the school year begins. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Mike McGowan, Southern Thistle Place. Um, on page 4 of 17 of the approved job description, the first two, are they additional positions? No. The first one is not. The second, one, the second one is. So there's going to be, okay, oh, so we'll see that. Yeah. And then on page 12 of 17, under approved parent transportation contract at the very top, would it just, what is a parent transportation contract? I have no idea. If I could just get the definition of what it is. We're going to come back at the end, okay, and go through every, all of them. Okay, so okay. thank you. The ones we can answer. Any other? Yes, please. Uh, uh, hi, Chris Kaffer, Lake Drive, Robinsville. Uh, I'm going to wave the flag yet again for transportation. <laughs> not my only concern. Two children in third grade, fourth grade, so I am concerned about the, the overall package, but it just means that I get to wave the flag we are now in july i've asked for three straight months for the transportation notice to be sent out you know we're asking our parents to tell our kids how to behave on buses uh, we already know that school is a month away and uh, you know last month i was told oh it's on its way we're still waiting to see no note you know we just talked about uh, code of conduct for technology we think that this would be a great time in which to get it out uh, the second thing is uh, i think well, bullying training is great in the high school. I think it should start in elementary school. We have a lot of children that are bullying five, six-year-olds, you know, for the various reasons that were discussed uh, earlier. I think it's important that we, we push that training down. Um, and then finally, uh, just want to re reiterate again what I said at the, the special meeting uh, about the three and a half million. Let's practice fiscal responsibility. Let's think of really about how we're spending our money. I know this is a lot of money that we haven't had in the past, but let's you know not just spend because we have the money. Let's really use it uh, as a, an opportunity to fix some things that we kind of shelved, et cetera. You know, I, I don't think that this is something that we should, as much as I would love to pay the teachers a lot more money, I think we need to kind of view this as a zero 
games thing where we build it every year, zero phase budgeting, where this is a one time thing. We don't know if this money's going to be again there next year. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Any other comments? Questions? Very quick. Are we going to get our answers tonight? Yes. Yeah, so, Sorry. what I read in the beginning was we'd go through everybody's and then yes. whatever we could answer, we'll answer. Okay. okay. Any other? Yes, sir. Uh, uh, Lee Breeden to Abington Lane here in Robbinsville. Um, I think one of the challenges we have as parents is monitoring our children's internet use. Okay, and we, my, some of my daughter's friends' parents have no idea what their kids are doing on the internet, and that's a problem. So a thought for Scott, being security here, cybersecurity to my um, is maybe a seminar to educate parents because I don't worry about my daughter at home. We check what she's doing. We have a computer in a central place. We look at her texts and Instagram and all of that stuff. It's when she goes over her friend's house. Now, I'm not saying all parents are not aware of what's going on because a lot are, but a lot have absolutely no idea of what their kids are doing. Oh, Johnny's in the other room on his iPad. What's he doing? Well, I don't know. So I think maybe a seminar or just something might help. Because cyberbullying, this relates to cyberbullying. So. Thank you very much. Others? So Kathy, do you want to, are there some of these that you want to um, talk about? Uh, I know the backpack, let's start, we've had, the backpack was the first item brought up and there were about three people, so um, a note has gone out. A, a letter has gone out. there some confusion about. So, and this will be a practice for this year. Uh, we know nothing is perfect. Um, uh, we purchased uh, additional lockers so students could put their belongings in that. Um, that will not prevent everything. We get, we totally, totally get that. Um, however, I think it also reduces some of the uh, threat and, and distraction. Students are not allowed to carry backpacks, period. Students may carry, and I hate to use the word purse because we are going to be gender neutral here uh, because there might be both males and females who want to carry some sort of um, purse, you know, um, right? And I, we, again, uh, within certain dimensions, again, nobody's coming with uh, a, med, you know, yard ruler, uh, no backpacks at all. So here's the caveat. The only time we want something clear is when they have PE class, they carry their PE clothes in clear plastic bag. We just, the reason is we don't have enough gym lockers at this point. We can consider purchasing more gym lockers and then for that they would put their gym clothes in their lockers. And so that hopefully clarifies. Now we do hear that people agree, disagree. Uh, we absolutely know that. This is a decision I think, and it actually grew out of student voice. So, you know, just as many students who don't like it, there are students who like it. Um, and um, that was the suggestion that Ms. 
Avery heard and thought could be implemented. Uh, we also know there are many high schools in our area who for years uh, have a no backpack rule. And it's for lots of different reasons. Um, so I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna try it. We'll assess it. Uh, we certainly don't want to make kids more stressed. I get it. Any change, look, we don't. Nobody likes change. Uh, hopefully, we'll try to communicate that we're gonna work with the kids too. I don't want kids to be taking pictures and sending them. Is this the right purse that I can carry? You know, carry because that, that that does get stress um, stressful. Uh, you know, we're going to be reasonable about it, but we just, pencil we want to create that. Pencil case, yes or no? Oh, um, pencil case. Uh, okay, so all students will be permitted to carry electronic device in a small sleeve and or protective cover, a water bottle, notebooks, purse, um, pencil case. I thought if it was clear, I, I don't know, do I have to check? I don't Molly know. Molly said Can she you? was going to send out clarification about that. Okay. She did have some questions. And from what I was told by Molly Avery, principal of the high school, was that she was going to send out a letter every Monday for the rest of the summer. So that way it's like, just a reminder, just a reminder, just a reminder. So she hopes to include that update in there, but I don't want to speak on her behalf because I can't remember if she said clear or not, but she said she would address the pencil case. And speaking of social media, we appreciate the conversation around backpacks. However, Miss Avery and I think the two of us have gotten very few actual phone calls or emails about this subject. So please, even if Miss Avery gets 50 emails, that helps us gauge the conversation better. And I know, I know, I know, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the advocates. Totally dippy and in summer mood, but I didn't think it said on there no backpack at all. So Shannon, what she's saying is no, you're not allowed to carry your backpacks in the right building. You, you, put it you have to put them in your so locker. So you still can locker. bring a regular backpack you can into bring the school. A, correct. Okay, it so must I go in your locker. Clear on that. Okay, yeah. That, that is where that is. When she says no backpack, she means no backpacks. Right, that's where in carrying throughout the day. Okay. I apologize. Thank you. Okay. Because that's um, the problem. So, the, so there's no real. There's no concern about not having an A bag and a B bag. You can still bring your A bag on the A days, take your A bag, stop at your A bag, bag, leave it in the locker on A days, and then bring all that home, and then do the same thing with your B bag on B days. We're getting right. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So comments over. So respectfully, we need to move on to yeah. the, the superintendent addressing. Um, the comment portion is closed. Done. So we closed okay. public comment for now. So I love the idea, and I'm not going in order now. So um, I love the idea of uh, a seminar for internet safety. I think that's something that's always needed. Bullying, I agree, is a pre-K 12 um, learning situation. Um, the parent transportation, did you just define what that is, the parent transportation contract? That would be an aid in the, like for um, no, it's no a settlement. special it's settlement. A, it's okay. a, an ad a parent place settlement. Yeah, and the, and the regulations and statutes allow um, boards of ed to um, enter into transportation contracts under certain parameters with parents in order for parents to transport their own children to add a district placements, whether it's pursuant to a settlement or a board or, or a child planning placement. So that's um, in general what a parent con uh, parent transportation certain rate that's set by the state right. for that. And very few we have. Right. HIV. Oh, HIV. Uh, we do a monthly report at the board meetings, and it does um, also outline 
the incidents with social media. So you can track that as well. You see, it's, it's, it looks like this. It's, it's there every month. It's just legally required. It legally re required twice to talk year. about publicly twice a year, yes. but we talk about it monthly. Yes. Every board meeting. We yeah. I'm on your side. It's not I know you are. No, it's good. Um, so that's, um, ooh, I'm jumping around, so forgive me. Oh, the school stay. I know it sounds simple. It's a simple solution. It's quite complex, actually, because uh, we have lots of impact of other schools as, as uh, for example, transportation is tiered three ways. And so, but, however, uh, we, we do pay attention to that. We do read the research about high school students needing more sleep and starting uh, later time-wise. And Princeton High School is testing it out this year and we're gonna be working with them to see how successful they are uh, with that. It doesn't mean that we might pursue it, but we want to, we'll, we'll follow. Sports. Hmm. sports as well, but that's why it's complicated. Okay. Um, oh, we're, the restraint policy, oh, you know what? I'm gonna have to look a little deeper at that. Um, yeah. Hillsborough um, Strauss says they recommend that policy yeah. and they work closely with the state and they know the guidelines before they get delivered to us. So that's what our policy provider is recommending. Um, all teachers are, like mo at most, I would say, not all teachers, but special ed staff, CST, et cetera, are trained to handle with care um, as our uh, red employees. Um, we do send restraint letters home if a child is, uh, is restrained and we do send uh, secluded or seclusion letters home. And, and it's a mandatory, yeah, just yeah. a, that's actually excellent description. Um, it's a mandatory policy. Um, some policies are elective, some policies are mandatory. That's one that the state requires school districts to adopt. Um, so Strauss Esme, who is, you know, the leader in, in um, uh, crafting uh, school district policies, has uh, recommended the changes to the policy and the, the new adoption. Um, it's probably in accordance with some new regulations or new guidance that's being put out by the state that they might have information that, again, we may not have um, that individual information at this point. Um, no policy is a substitute for an individual student's um, IEP if they have a behavioral intervention plan or they have some sort of other um, programming that provides for restraint or non-restraint. That would um, obviously trump whatever is in the school district policy just to address like those types of concerns. Um, that would supersede any of that, but notwithstanding the school district has to have those types of policies to pertain to any student, a gen ed student, a classified student, et cetera, under any of those circumstances that apply under that policy. So for classified students that may have behavioral issues that may require or not require to restraint, the um, provisions of their individual education program would supersede what's in the district policy. So that's just a general overview of how that works. And they won't have specific minutes or things like that in it because it's supposed to be a Right. With the general policy. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going to be a longer conversation with Vincent because of the depth of the um, you know testing and sort of the way in which we assess. But I can assure you that there is targeted in, um, instruction for that curriculum piece. Uh, that will be discussed at, at development, but we'd love to share it as well because we're absolutely using the data uh, that we have to um, make uh, informed decisions about, you know, our investment in curriculum and program. 
I can give you one specific is, um, you know, foundations we found great success with, and that's a supplemental program um, uh, that helps our English language arts program. And we had committed to K-1 and 2, but ran out of money for grade 3. And now with this additional funding, we'd like to continue that. And that would be both word study, um, uh, word analysis, um, uh, phonics, uh, and um, so I think that we feel like that will help strengthen our program. So that's just one example, but that helps a little bit. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So that uh, closes. Uh, oh, I, oh, I missed the more. transportation. I'm oh. sorry. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, it, it was right in the center. Mm -hmm. I, you had said you received something already? Because we didn't send. Um, I thought I got Matthew's already, so. Okay. I got uh, Matthew's letter came yesterday with his bus and his time. But Okay, so in the letter for the bus pass will be the transportation where you, you have to actually sign off on um, the responsibilities of parent um, student uh, behavior, bus behavior. So I don't know exactly. Probably going out in the next week. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Time. Like maybe they went out first. So it's going in the pamphlet. It'll, it'll yeah, be it'll be, with that. It'll be emailed uh, through Genesis with your bus pass because we figured that sort of the and, and when you have to sign off on all the other, you know, the forms, mm -hmm. um, that will be part of it. So, um, can I have a motion then? If we're going to close the uh, hearing in public, can I have a motion to. Thank you. <laughs> um, all in favor? Aye. So now um, we'll move on to resolutions. So the first is, can I have a motion to approve the minutes from the June and July executive and public sessions? So moved. Second. Take a roll call. Any discussion? <coughs> Ms. D? Yes, for all three dates. Um, Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Uh, yes, for the June 26th meeting. Um, and yes, for the July 19th, abstains with July 12th. Mr. Hammond? Yes, Mrs. Temple? Yes, Mr. Rice? Yes, Mrs. Luciano? Yes, for all. All right, motion carries. Now, can I have a motion? We're going to change the numbering under personnel. So what is currently number 12 is now number one. So it's on the bottom of page three. <laughs> the rationale is that we must approve the contract before we can approve any salaries related Absolutely. to the contract. So let's start with, can I have a motion to approve the contract number one under personnel for RBOE, uh, RBOE and RPSA? So moved. Second. Okay. Discussion? Any discussion? I just want to thank the committee. Um, having served on that committee for almost my entire uh, years here, it's a thankless job and a difficult job, and I know how hard it is, and I appreciate uh, four of you for really mm -hmm. taking the time, taking it seriously, and working hard to come to a fair resolution. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Ms. D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Yes. 
Mrs. Tempo? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. No, 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 he doesn't have to. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Um, motion carries. So now, can I have a motion for the new 2 through 12? For a second. Second. Any discussion about 2, two through 12? So now, the attachment. It's the chart in the back. It's all of the. The back. We just had to include the numbers around to do it in the right order. Sorry, folks. Makes sense. So, any discussion? So roll call. Miss D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Motion carries. So now can I have a motion to, well, first of all, on, on number 13, we're going to table the <coughs> district administrative assistant for tonight. Sorry. Oh, we didn't have the right version. Yeah, I don't know what happened. So we'll get the right version yeah. and we'll put so it on next month. have to make a motion. So I have to make a motion mm -hmm. to table yes. mm -hmm. uh, the district administrative assistant. So moved. Second. Thank you. Any discussion? Okay. Miss D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Yes. Ms. Um, Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Motion carries. Mm -hmm. Item table. So can I have <coughs> a motion then to approve number 13 as amended? So moved. Second. Any discussion? Okay. Call it. Miss uh, D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Motion carries. Can I have a motion to approve B1 through 8 of Ed, policy, Ed Development Policy? So moved. Second. Any discussion? Um, I just had a question thinking about the comments regarding physical restraint. Is there anything that we could do to the back of the address, especially as it relates to you know, parent notification? We don't have anything about that. And I understand, I don't know if it's, it may be practice, but is that worth adding in? I think also, um, Mr. Rose said, what we could do is wait for the guidelines to come out and then amend and it. it. Yeah, okay. like I think might be that might be the best course of option. Like we'll okay. see what it says in the That's guidelines. Can somebody keep us apprised of when the guidelines come out? Sure. I have the same issue as Mrs. Temple. Uh, I'd like to just make sure that we're aware of what's coming down. And, and if we are going to amend them, putting in that we're communicating to parents might be helpful. Mm -hmm. Stress assessment will usually contact you proactively about yeah. that. You probably have that. They send the alerts. Yeah. They send everything. Right. Yeah. So like you'll, you'll get an alert that you have yeah. to amend the policy or revise it in accordance with new, newly promulgated regs. Then if there are no newly promulgated regs that come down. Um, and we are still interested in this topic. We should bring it up again um, in <coughs> August, September to talk about yeah, as, perhaps. As old business. As old business. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anytime. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Any other discussion mm -hmm. on uh, items B1 through 8? Let's call it up. Ms. D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? 
Yes, but abstain from 6D. Um, Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Uh, yes, but I'm abstaining from 6M as you married. Mr. Heilman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Uh, yes. Mr. Vice? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Motion carries. Okay. Uh, we're, not, we're on page 7, just in case you want to know where we are. <laughs> uh, can I have a motion to approve C1 through 3? So moved. Second. Any discussion of this? Um, just once again, I wanted to thank ARIA for its generous donation for the courtyard project. It's something that the FFT committee has. Um, Fretted over, perhaps <laughs> is the right word, for the last decade. Okay. So, Miss D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes, but abstain from P. Which one? One? That's the SES court one. One P. Okay. Five. That's okay. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Uh, yes. Mr. Heilman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Weiss? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Motion carries. So can I have a, a motion to approve, um, does that cover card Red, you mean? No, red. So can I have a motion to um, approve um, red D1? So Second. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> Call it. Miss D? Yes. Mrs. DeVito? Yes. Mr. Galuccio? Yes. Mr. Hom? Yes. Mr. Heilman? Mr. Heilman? Yes. Mrs. Temple? Yes. Mr. Weiss? Yes. Mrs. Luciano? Yes. Motion carries. So now it's time for second hearing of the public. During the hearing of the public, the board invites the public to comment on matters pertaining to Robinsville schools. Each participant is asked to provide his name or her name and the town of residence prior to making a statement, which shall be limited to three minutes. There will be no cross-dialogue again after the members of the public uh, wishing to speak have done so. The board and or administration may address comments and or questions. So do I have anyone who would like to uh, comment? Lucia? Okay. A um, couple of things that I'm going to talk about and I'm looking at the time. Okay. You guys, um, the last time that we talked about the money, the conversation was asking us to find out if we are going to We are going to have a conversation and a meeting about how we are going to allocate the money. Is it a possibility to just have that kind of a meeting with public being present to tell us with what are we going to do with the amount of money that we are going to receive and how we are allo allocating it? Because what is, what is the board that as you said you may not hear about is that the amount of money that we are getting is a big amount of money that we never had before and we have a lot of places that we may have and there is 
situation that possibly maybe next year we may not see it or maybe two years from now we are not going to see it. So public wants to know how you are going to put this money to work. How much of it is going to go where and what you are going to do about it. Because there were some conversations about some usage that it was not supposed to be proper and I'm not going to go over the rumors but I'm just talking about if it is a possibility to talk about that. The second thing that I want to talk to you about is one of the most important parts that uh, Dr. Stanza brought it up, but I'm going to um, put in more to it because of the high school, is the curriculum that we are talking about, the science and math curriculum. I already have private conversations. I have already brought it up in the public. I would like to know that how we are going to address the problem that we have because we do not have, we have teachers that they left and we have to have teachers that they are actually able to teach their AP courses that are hard courses. So I want to know how we are addressing that problem. The problem is there and we have one more month. The next thing that I want to talk about, and this is um, about the town center and the buses situation that you talked about. The um, buses and the town center is some is a subject that uh, for all the town center people is a sore subject, but uh, I think uh, you need to really look into it that where in town center you're going to put it in, put in the bus and how you're going to explain it. Are you going to put in the bus for all of the town center or you're going to put the bus on the part that are further than the other part? So if you guys are talking about the town center and the buses, we need more conversation about that. And the last thing, and this is just a suggestion, and I do not want you guys to yell at me. This is just a suggestion. On the REF situation that we have, that the REF worked really hard for the school brings money in for the school, raise money for the school, helps the school. I think this is just a suggestion that maybe there should not be any board member from the township or from the members of the uh, school be any part of that uh, board of the REF. This way there is not going to be any problem, any questions, any uh, mistakes, any uh, conflict of interest. This way, we all are safe. And I made it again. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Hey, seven years of practice. I just was wondering if there were any plans now that the program with uh, the dual program with Mercer County Community College with the two programs that we've been doing for the last year, if there's been any talk or plans to possibly partner with them for some other additional programs besides the criminal Justice one and the uh, death yeah. film. Yeah. So I know that yeah. they're very popular, but I'm just wondering if there's any plans to do any additional ones, and if so, um, what they might be and when. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I missed the answer to the question I had about the air transportation contract. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jody answered it. Jody answered it. What was the definition? I apologize. Yeah, we'll wait till we close and we'll go back through it, okay? Any other comments? Um, yes, thank you um, to the, uh, I'm Karen Lanslang, 17 Point Flower Drive, and thank you to, um, the, to, to the administration at Pond for responding to the parent concerns about band, chorus, and choosing a technology. My one question that still hadn't, um, I didn't hear a response to is, um, is general music put back in the, in the curriculum for
And I um, actually, I learned this this year um, that because you know my background is in special education, and I learned that our aides, and I know it's because of funding and because of money, but that um, a lot of the aides are part time. So you have like one child 